Well, welcome to Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. I'm Jerry Williams. Thanks so much for uh, checking out the podcast. On this episode, I'm going to talk with a couple who just recently celebrated their 70th wedding anniversary, Bill and Betty Murphy. What a tremendous story these two have. We're going to be talking to them in just a couple of minutes. It's uh, the latest installment in our segment of How We Met. But first, this week's good news. Dolly Parton got her very first Christian number one song. It was for the duet There Was Jesus with Zach Williams. Came in at number one on Billboard's Christian Airplay chart. Now, of course, Dolly's had charted singles, number one singles since back in the 60s. I think she has more number one singles than any other female country artist. And Dolly said having a number one at any time really is a great thing, but having a number one faith-based record during these crazy times, that is even greater. Got a couple of uh, food items in this week's good news. Chick-fil-A introducing items for their fall menu, a chocolate fudge brownie, and then the Thrive Farmer's Hot Coffee. And those are going to be available year-round. They just were introduced in the fall. But there is a limited-time-only addition to the fall menu at Chick-fil-A, Mocha Cream Cold Brew Coffee. And they should all be available by the time that you are listening to this podcast. Reese's, the people behind the great Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, is introducing what they call a first-of-its-kind mid-morning cake treat. Reese's Snack Cakes. I smell a quest coming on. This is going to be a chocolate cake with Reese's peanut butter cream, and it's all wrapped up in milk chocolate. They should be available beginning in December. Even with everything going on with COVID-19 and how that has just wreaked havoc on our normal daily lives, even baseball down to a 60-game schedule playing in empty stadiums, there is still a little bit of good news or fun news coming out of that. Like the Braves last week said a National League modern era record. The modern era is from 1900 on by beating Miami 29 to 9. That's a record for the most runs scored in one game by a single team. And you got to feel bad for Miami. They scored nine runs and they still lost. Now, that's a National League record. The major league record for the most runs scored by a team in a single game belongs to the Texas Rangers. They beat the Orioles 30-3 to back in 2007. And now for this week's Honeybee Story of the Week. It is Honey Month all throughout September, and the National Honey Board is celebrating with the annual Queen's Choice Awards. Of course, they're talking about the Queen Bee Award. They give this to the best new products made with honey in the food and beverage industry. And to be eligible, a product had to be introduced between July of 2019 and June 2020. Some of the winners include whole grain thin sliced honey and wheat bread from Pepperidge Farm, Godiva's signature almond and honey milk chocolate, and honeycomb cider from Green Bee. I will put a link to the uh, Queen's Choice Awards website in the show notes of this episode of the podcast so that you can find out more about the awards and see the entire list 
of winners in the food and beverage categories. I got a phone call just a few weeks ago from a gentleman whose parents were getting ready to celebrate their 70th wedding anniversary. I asked him if they might be willing to come on the podcast and talk about that for this segment, How We Met. And he hooked it up and we were able to do a Zoom video conference call. And you're going to be able to tell that there's some digital stuff going on in the background on some of that audio as we were talking over the internet. But we got video of it too. So there may be some bonus material coming. I'll, I'll keep you updated on that in future episodes of the podcast. So we're talking with Bill and Betty Murphy, been married since 19. 19- 1950, and it was a delight getting to know them. Here is that conversation. I am so thankful that you guys have uh, agreed to do this. First of all, this is Bill and Betty Murphy, and congratulations on 70 years. That's amazing. Yes. Congratulate me and give her your condolences. Well, I'm just so excited that uh, that Chris, your son, contacted me and let me know what was going on with you guys and that you're willing to do this. I'm going to share this as part of a segment I call How We Met, which is the story of people's romance, how they met, how they fell in love, how they knew they were the right one for each other. And you guys, after being together for 70 years, just amazing. Where did you meet? We met back in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, we lived close to each other. Now, did you meet at college? No, we, we met at, actually at church. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to meet. That's a good <laughs> place to meet. So how, how did you start going from just meeting to, I guess, dating your courtship? What was that like for you? That was, when, when was that? When did you yeah. meet you? Cause you were married in 1950, right? 1950. Yeah. So did you meet in 1950 or did you meet prior to that year? No, that's when we got married. Basically, I, I was in high school and uh, he had been in the service. He was discharged and he would, he came to play pinochle with my brother at <laughs> home. And I didn't pay any attention to him. And then he, he will tell you, he had Auburn University, War Eagle, uh, right after he was discharged. And I eventually uh, attended Birmingham Southern College in Birmingham for one year. Then I wanted to transfer to Auburn where my brother was. And that's really where we connected. Who asked who out? (laughs) Oh, my brother had to, okay, everybody I dated, okay? (laughs) Yeah, she had to have his approval. And he is a fraternity brother of my brother's. Oh, wow. So did that give him an in, or did that make him even more leery of him? What do you think, Bill? Because you were a fraternity brother of Warren's? Yeah, yeah. So that, but, that helped that helped give you, uh, like, a couple of extra points then. Yeah, yeah. Connect us. Absolutely. Where did you go? Do you remember where you went on your first date? We had dances at our uh, every Friday and Saturday night. And so we went, that's where we went, that's where we were every Friday and Saturday night. We were at a dance. Fraternity and sororities had their dances. What kind of music did you dance to? Do you remember? Ooh, 
usually the overnights, a local uh, bunch of, they were college kids and uh, those that could play, they, they, they were members of that band. So this is the late forties. Yeah. Right. So what we, are we talking like swing music, big band music or what style? Uh, big, big band music. Uh, like the Glenn Miller type. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Compare them to Glenn Miller. They can hold their own. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Harry James, Glenn Miller, that type of big band music. So when did you realize that this was more than just a, a casual dating relationship? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, obviously, it was gradual, but uh, we, we were able to get along very well together. And I don't know what more to say other than the fact that... Uh, uh, I liked her and uh, <laughs> wanted to be with her. One time I had one date, though, with a gentleman, and he didn't know it, and they both showed up. <laughs> uh, how'd that turn out? Well, it was interesting. <laughs> I did go with the date I had, and I was in the dorm at the time, and the girl said, your date's here. And I went out, and then she called again. She said, your date is here. And I, oh, no. and, but he was gracious. When we got to the dance, no one ever danced with her date. It was um, ratio girl to boy. We would say one boy to four girls, three girls, whatever. <laughs> so we just had a good time dancing with everyone. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you remember how he proposed or where he proposed? Well, the main thing, it was a gradual thing. And, yeah. and he, your procedure is you give a girl your fraternity pin to wear with her sorority pin. That's the introduction to an engagement, maybe. Mm. That was the first step. And um, when you are pinned, the other guys know to lay off, you know, just <laughs> clear, the, clear the way. She's spoken for. Yeah. <laughs> and, you might say it was just an understanding. So where where were you married? Birmingham, Alabama, Robert Plaza Baptist Church. We were the first wedding in that church when it had just been renovated. Oh, wow. 1950. Yeah, I did the math. <laughs> 70 is an easy number to figure. It, it's, it. it's the platinum anniversary, by the way. I don't know if you oh. knew that or not. Well, I'll have to remind him I didn't do that. Thank you. What's that? So over the course of 70 years, you've seen an awful lot of things change. A lot of things come and go, and some things come back again. What were some of the difficult times? I mean, every couple goes through tough times, whether it's financial or job changes or uh, family issues. What were some of the times that maybe were a little bit difficult for you, but that you managed to get through somehow, either by relying on your faith and relying on one another? I think our faith had a strong influence uh, on our relationship. We were members of the same church. We, we attended the same classes. And so we were, uh, it was a mutual benefit for both of us. We were both aware we took a vow before God. Yeah. And we understood what that vow meant. Our house burned, we lived through that. We had many incidences rearing four children. 
we met some very challenging times. Bill was very steady. He really was a great father, and I tried to be a good mother. And we were fortunate in having four really great children. Mm. Amen. (laughs) Well, you think you maybe had something to do with that, the way you raised them? We hope. I would think so. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you raised them in the faith, so they had a pretty strong foundation, right? Right. We had to live it, not talk it. And one of my children walked in the kitchen and said, Mother, I heard you use a bad word. Your image is tarnished. <laughs> oh, they keep you on your toes even now, don't they? Yeah. They should. <laughs> keep you straight. What are some of your fondest memories over 70 years? I'm sure you have books for you could probably write a book or two but what are some of the things that you look back on from 1950 even before that when you met some of the things that really stick with you and that that, that bring you joy yeah i'm one i'm very loquacious he's thinking but he'll come up with something <laughs> the main thing is from the get-go we have loved water skiing and when we were water skiing our entire family and their friends were with us. Wow. So we knew the company our children were keeping. Yeah. And that ended up at the age of 80. That was the last time Bill skied. We were both 80 at the last time we water skied. Wow. We took them water skiing and Bill took the boys hunting. Now that was, we won't go into that, but... <laughs> We have, it'll, it'll take too long to tell you the stories about that, oh. but something to tell. Well, what did you hunt? Did you hunt deer? I hunted deer. Chris got first time out, 12-pointer. If, if someone would come to you today saying they were considering getting married or maybe they had just been married or maybe they were going through a tough time, what advice would you have for them about having a marriage that is going to be as successful as possible? Don't always try to be right. It's, it's a give and take uh, situation. You've got to be be willing to admit when you're wrong, when you're when you are wrong. What about you, Betty? May I add to that? We were on a cruise, and we were telling the master ceremonies who was a little bit loose. He wanted to know who had been married the longest, and we were the in about before two hundred people. We were the longest to be buried, or the longest time, I should say. And he jumped off that stage and got down there in our face, and he said, okay, give us a secret. Before we went on the cruise, I prayed I could witness to as many people, I'm going to cry, that I could. And so he said, okay, give us a secret, give us a secret. My friend, Judy Pope, said, Betty, telling the truth. I said, third partner. Well, you know what his mind was thinking. And finally, he said, a third partner? I said, yes, the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone there clapped. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's good. Well, your prayer was answered then, huh? Pardon? Your prayer was answered about being able to share the good news. Indeed it was. Absolutely. Now, Betty, did you just retire recently? (laughs) No, I'm going back. (laughs) <laughs> she retired three times <laughs> what do you do uh, well i've been an educator for 70 years wow 
And primarily, it was either English or math. My last retirement from Columbus Tech College, I was teaching the math, and I uh, there's a story there, but I miss it so much. And that is what kept us going, both of us, purpose to wake up to and a purpose for that day, whatever the Lord ordained. Mm. My purpose and I appreciate the Lord letting me have that privilege. That's amazing. And Bill, you served in World War II, did you not? Uh, yes, I did. I was in the Army, what was then called the Army Air Corps, and I was trained as an airplane mechanic. Oh, really? Yeah, and a uh, typical Army to this day, I've never worked on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Uh, where were you stationed? I was in Fort Worth, Texas for a while. Then I was I was I went to the South Pacific. Oh man. Uh, to the uh Marshall Islands. Have you ever heard of a little place called Aniwetok? Yeah. Well, I was stationed there for a while. That atomic bomb test there? Yeah, you you remember whenever they uh had the atomic bomb test? On uh, the uh, on bikini, yeah, I was on that project. Of course, we weren't weren't near the bomb test, except I was probably 180 miles from the actual blast. But uh, I was part of that project. We called it Crossroads Project. Mm. Well, we thank you for your service. Uh, my my dad passed a couple of years ago, but he was in Italy during World War II. Uh, served in the army as well. Mm. Well, is there is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you were hoping I would, or is there anything you would like to say that I didn't get around to? I can't think of anything right right offhand. Betty, is there anything that you were hoping to get to say? I was hoping you would ask me <laughs> because I think the uh, people. The, excuse me, the couples being married today do not consider a very important part of their ceremony, the vows they make before God. That will hold them accountable and should, and we want them to be held accountable. And I want you to know there's joy in sticking with it. Mm. It's not temporary. Get rid of it if you can, but stick with it, and God will bless you immeasurably. I so appreciate you taking time to do this. And again, congratulations on 70 years. That's just fabulous. I, I am so happy for you. And it's been a pleasure to get to spend a little bit of time with you today. Thank you. Well, we appreciate you calling and giving us an opportunity to witness to you. Wonderful. War Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Congratulations again. Again, it has been a pleasure to get to talk with you. We appreciate your questions and, and your interest. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. This life that we live has often been compared to a journey. And as I was reading Psalm 119 recently, I was reminded of that. The psalmist clings to the hope he finds in God's word. Even in the midst of persecution, he writes, my heart stands in awe of your words. And later in that same stanza, I believe that's the next to the last stanza, the psalmist writes, Those who love your law have great peace, and nothing 
causes them to stumble. Of course, implied here is the fact that life is often difficult, filled with things and events and even people who may cause us unease, pain, and the temptation to stray from the truths that we find in God's Word. In fact, in the final verse of this chapter, the psalmist admits as much. He writes, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Now, as I read these words and thought about them and and applied them to my life and the things that I've gone through in my life, I was also reminded of a song by an artist named Michael Card from 1994. The song is called Joy in the Journey. Now, I'm not sure what the exact inspiration for this song was, but for me at least, it is consistent with some of the themes found in Psalm 119. Michael Card writes and sings, There is a joy in the journey. There's a light we can love on the way. There is a wonder and wildness to life and freedom for those who obey. God's word is often referred to as a light, a lamp unto my feet. And certainly that's evident in both this song, Joy in the Journey, and Psalm 119. Obedience to God's word and the awe we have for it provide us with freedom to enjoy each step of that journey we make through this life. And that joy is enhanced by the knowledge of what is to come. For the psalmist, who was writing from the other side of the cross before Jesus had been revealed, God's salvation is still a surety. He writes, I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Michael Card put it like this, Forget not the hope that's before you, and never stop counting the cost. Do you remember the hopelessness when you were lost? Yes, our path may be difficult at times, rocky, dark. Yet no matter where on that road we find ourselves, there is always joy to be found in the journey. Oh, what a treat it was getting to spend a little bit of time, even though it was over video conference with Bill and Betty Murphy. What a very, very sweet and special couple. Thank you so much to them and to Chris, their son, who helped get that all set up. Now, if you've got an interesting, romantic, how we met kind of story, I'd love to hear from you. And I'm sure other people would love to hear your story, too. You can always email me some details about that. The email address, podcast at jerrywilliamsmedia.com. And that's going to about wrap up this episode of Life with Jerry Williams. Thank you again for uh, listening. I hope that you will subscribe to the podcast. And if wherever you get your podcasts allow it, if you would leave a review or and or a five-star rating, that will help other people find the podcast as well. Check the show notes on this episode for that link to the uh, Honeyboards Queen's Choice Awards for products made with honey introduced between July of last year and June of this year. That link will be in the show notes of this episode. Thank you again for allowing me to spend a little bit of time with you, and I hope that I will see you on the next episode of Life with Jerry Williams.